0: Let's bring on Marlins reliever Matt Barnes joining us right now. Matt, great to talk to you. Always looks like you got a sunny day behind you. Um, How
1: you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. We uh, we're traveling to Cleveland today. So just been running around like crazy this morning. Laundry cleaning, you know, packing up the whole whole nine.
0: Nice. Okay. So I first want to get to the topical stuff. We just had Boris on and we were just going over what happened with Max we had Max on the other day on Monday okay and and then he gets into all of this on Wednesday we asked him about the Domingo Herman situation from the weekend and Max was basically like a psychic he's like this is going to be a disaster it's like they don't know how to judge what is on everyone's hands rosin can be sticky they're checking it in front of everyone he was kind of surprised that it hasn't been more of a problem and of course Max is the one who gets dinged so you've been in the league for a while what do you think about all this
1: I think it's crazy. It's so hard to determine what's what and, like, discretion is such a tricky thing to play with. But Max is completely right. Like, you can take sweat in the rosin that we have now and you can make it very tacky. And those are completely legal things that the league has not provided us as an alternative to what was going on prior to that. So I think it's... I don't know. It's it's a super tricky situation. Um, But anytime you run into, like... Like I said, anytime you run into the the discretion portion of it, like there's going to be some stuff that gets messed up. And, and for a guy who's been around and accomplished, you know, as much as Max, like that that's, I don't know, it's not his legacy, but like it just, it looks bad for a guy who probably wasn't doing anything except what he was allowed to do. Um, So I, I don't know. It's, it's tough. I, I They need to figure out a way to provide something that's, acceptable and used by everybody right or like figure out a way to to decipher it because i can tell you like the difference between the sunscreen and rosin a spider tack and a pelican grip and rosin and sweat is very very different
2: yeah well barnsey i fully expected you to be at the pool whenever we called lounge lounging now that you're (laughs) now that you're in miami you're down in the heat you're you're out of the boston cold um yeah we just talked to scott man everything's so subjective right it's it's does the umpire think it's stickier than it's supposed to be? And right. I, I, I believe Max is telling the truth. You know, um, obviously, you know he. They said he washed his hands. I think most teams now are gonna, they're gonna be calling. See what did what did Max use to wash his hands? Because that's the sticky stuff, right? That's, never, what we, it, that's what we. That's what we need to increase the spin rate. But
1: um, it gets very sticky.
2: Yeah, I mean, do you, you? I mean, you obviously. I mean, I, you. I played with you. You rosin, you know, sunscreen, yep. whatever. That's. But, are, are you still using it? Do, does that get in your get in your head as far as like, is this too sticky? Am I going to get caught for this? Or, 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 or what goes through your mind whenever you're taking the mound?
1: No, I mean, I just I grab the rosin that they have out there, right? I we have all the major league baseball issued rosin's. They're on the back of the mound. They're in the bullpen. I grabbed it get a little moisture on the hands and kind of rub it around like this. Right. And that's completely acceptable from everything that we've been told by the league. You can have sweat and use sweat and rosin and that creates tackiness. Now, depending on how much rosin you use and how much sweat you have, I guess could determine like the level of tacky, but still completely legal. So like I, I, to me, that it, it's a really hard issue. Like how does a guy get in trouble for that? So I'm I'm gonna continue to do the same thing, and if somebody wants to bang me for using sweat and rosin, and I'm probably gonna have the same reaction as Max, and we're gonna be back on here talking about it.
3: <laughs> have you, you know? ever have you ever have you ever been close? Because they were saying like there's like a process you saw with Mingo and everything, Herman from the Yankees. How it was like oh there's a process. Have you ever been it, close where they're like uh, ah, um, what's the deal with that?
1: No, never. Um, I mean, even when when the first rule came out, I went to the point so far as to like into the training room with tape remover and scraping gloves and shit. And I just – after that, I, mean, I got new gloves now and I nothing, right? But no, it, and I think part of the problem is like – or not problem, but like with relievers, like I, I'm not going to be out there for more than one, maybe two innings, right, like an up-down. So it – like you're only going to get checked the one time and – you grab the rosin in the bullpen, you go in and throw, and then and then it's kind of done. It it it's tricky because like Miami is super humid, but we're going to Cleveland and it's going to be forty-five. So like, the amount of sweat you have in rosin is going to vary depending on the weather that you're in, just in general, right? Like the more humid it is, the tackier it's going to be.
0: Also, Matt, I don't understand. Do they have some device that's going to measure if there's too much? rosin and sweat and also if you're someone who sweats a lot now do you have to worry about being a big leaguer because you might have a disadvantage and get booted from the
1: game 100 I, I don't know i don't know what the answer is to that but it's just it's a discretion right i mean and discretion is a very tricky thing and a very fine line to walk so um man i don't know i don't know i the best way to, the, the best way to just truthfully just Have one universal substance that like somebody sees you apply, right? Because like, how are you going to say somebody has too much rosin on? Like, how do you? That's my
0: problem, Matt. We already have that. We have a universal substance. It's called rosin. And then they told Max he had too much of it. Essentially, how do you have too much
1: rosin on? Like, am I only allowed to grab it and go like one, two, and then I have to put it down? Otherwise, the third one's going to cause too much. (laughs) <laughs> not we go like this on sweat, or like if I go like this, is that too much? I don't
2: know. I don't know. I mean, some somebody somebody needs to create something to where we can tell. All right, that's that's tacky tacky, but it's 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 tacky tacky rosin, and it's not tacky right. tacky spider tag, right? Like I I just flew back from from Boston, and I had to get checked. You know, spread eagle, right? they had a wand they waved me down because our our stroller had some type of s- dust or or particles that that flagged them so they had to check me and they checked me okay you're good to go boom right board board the plane there's got the 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 the, the feel in the hands i mean i i it doesn't make sense to me how how you and it's it sucks for the umpires cuz they're putting a tough spot like like they said this is the stickiest it's been in three, we've ever felt in three years. Well, they 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 only feel the hands that of the of the guys who are throwing the games that they're umpiring. There's got to be a better way to do it to figure out what's going on and who's using what. It can't just be like, yep, that's sticky. Boom, too sticky. You're you're done.
1: Yeah, and, and I don't know what that is. I know that they messed around with trying to create balls that just had natural tack on it, but like even then, you're running into the same rosin issue. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, the, the the whole too much rosin to me is that's insane. It's insane. Uh, I'm, but, I'm with you. It's it's
0: weird, and hey, Max called it out, too. That was what was so ironic. Like, we were just getting into all of this, and then it happened to him. So, um, yeah. Interesting, and wanted to get your take on it, because you've been in the league for a while, and it just doesn't seem like it's been solved. So, all right, uh, let me get a Marlins question in there. Guys are playing pretty good baseball yep. for Miami. Pitching's been there for years. Hitting has not always been there consistently. Kratzi you know, especially. I'm a big Luis Arise guy. What's it been like to have this dude? And I got to check. I mean, he was hitting 500 as of like Monday. I think he might have lost a few points. But how
1: entertaining is it to watch his at-bats? It's incredible. I mean, it just – the guy gets the bat to the ball all the time. And, like, even on a day when he goes one for four, he's probably barreled the ball twice. It's just at somebody. And I tell him all the time, I'm like, thank God you're on my team. Because when I had to face you in Minnesota, you were an absolute pain to get out. It's just – it's a nightmare. The guy covers everything. And I think I heard somebody say it the other day, but, like, he reminds me of, like, a modern-day Tony Gwynn. He just – it's just – it's 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 incredible. It's impressive. The guy's his work ethic and um having him in the middle of the order and and, and doing what he's doing. I think he's in like four fifty, which is insane. Cycle the other night. So um absolute hell of a ball player.
3: You're talking about one of your teammates now that you're settling into the Miami, besides the fact that Jacob Stallings looks like me, and he's he's like Super ugly. He's my little he's my little brother. But anyway, I need to ask you because I asked Vaughn Grissom the other day. Okay. Of your new teammates, you need to cut one, like cut them out of the game. Like no more. Trade one, and then you got a room with one. What of your three three different guys? So it's cut, trade, and then you got a room with one.
1: Man, you put me in a spot here, huh?
3: Yep. Yeah, I'm excited to hear these Live answers. TV. Can I cut myself? <laughs> <laughs> you're out of the game forever, but you get to keep the money you're making? Uh, maybe.
1: <laughs> can, I, can I cut myself? Um, and I don't know, trade a guy? I'd probably room with Tanner Scott. Uh um, lefty? Yeah, man, him and I, he just kind of became boys in spring training. We had a couple of buddies that have, Mutually played together. He was in Baltimore. Um, So trade a guy. Man, I don't know.
3: To give you an idea, it was tougher for Vaughn to. I originally had it as kill and trade and room. And the guy, he was easier. He was easier to get somebody he would kill than to trade. Like trading somebody, it really hurt his like. Like, when I'm sitting here
1: thinking about, like, cutting somebody, yeah. like, my first thought is, like, go to a guy who's got, like, 17 years and has accomplished a ton of stuff, and, like, they're good, right? Like, still want him on the team, obviously, but, like, like, Johnny Cueto's an awesome dude, but he's got, like, 17 years in the big leagues. So, like, he's done great for himself. So, like, if he didn't play again, you know what I mean? You
2: yeah, get, I mean? Get, get rid of him. Get rid of him. Just say it, <laughs> Marmzy.
1: Um... Trade a guy. We'll stick with that. Trade, trade yourself.
2: Trade yourself to the Tampa Bay Rays. There's whatever. Sixteen and three pitchers yeah. go there and dominate. Trade yeah. yourself to the Rays. First I place team.
1: I like Miami. I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> Good
2: answer. Good answer. I was you testing. Extend yourself. Was, that was a test.
1: I'm looking, out, I'm looking out the window of Biscayne Bay, and it's 85 and sunny out.
2: How you oh. got the you got the curtains down right now? Let's raise those things
1: up, man. I want to see uh, some this sun. Side-
2: there, there you go. go. Now oh. we're talking. Oh,
1: time, these are down because like, the apartment building is like 14 feet away. Yeah. A little privacy.
0: Um, no, he's got it right, Brock. He's got the setup right. Plus, the lighting's better. He's got the perfect yes, setup.
1: Yes, yeah. All right. Trade somebody. Um, maybe a starting pitcher because the Marlins have like 15 of them that are nasty. Maybe Cabrera. Trade Cabby, maybe. Gabby, maybe. Man, Kratzie, you're you're crushing people. You're crushing okay. people, man.
2: Yeah, that's Sorry. a tough. That's t- that's a tough question. That's 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 real tough.
1: I'm gonna go into the clubhouse and get shit today. Probably for this. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep it a secret. It's and not then, like
2: anyone then, can access. This. And then the next the next Marlon we have on, they're gonna kill you. That's fine.
1: Yeah, I, that. I give them permission to cut me. They can cut me. <laughs> as
3: long as you get to stay in Miami.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah,
0: Hey Matt. So so Otani and Judge is going down in the Bronx this week and yep. they were selling Otani jerseys in the Bronx. Yep. Um would you want your jersey being sold everywhere? And do you think it's cool or some fans are like, "Really? We're going to sell jerseys of the other dude?" I mean, I think it's good for the game generally, but you know, some fans are like, "Pride, hey, we're only selling our
1: guy." Like, do you you know how good you have to be to have your jersey sold in the Yankees team store? <laughs> like I don't know if it's ever been done. Like you have to be so good to have that happen, and not only just one. Like they had the Japanese version too. Like there was options. It wasn't just a single jersey. I, man, I, my jersey'll never be sold in to another team store. I don't even know if it's sold the Marlins team store. <laughs> so like. Like, hey. you, want to jersey, you gotta go online and like create it through fanatics and like you got options. <laughs> hey,
3: speaking more- of speaking <laughs> of names on jerseys, so when I'm trying to find out, like first of all, I wanna find out something about Matt Barnes that nobody knows about because I'm I was going to the deepest crevasse of the internet and I found now obviously everybody knows you know Matt Barnes, the basketball player, and you know then you're probably second on that list. Matt Barnes, the baseball player. But you know what I found? And I want you to choose which of these guys is closest to you. I found a football coach, another, a Canadian hockey goaltender, a soccer coach, and a British rock band member named Matt Barnes, and he plays for a band named You, Me, at Six. (laughs) Which do you connect most with? The football coach for sure yeah
1: yeah i don't know the rules of hockey i enjoy watching hockey once in a while i know that we used to go some of the bruins playoff games and those are a blast um other than that not much about hockey a rock band not really i watch football every sunday for like 11 hours so (laughs) um so definitely the football coach
0: hey so matt you watch football of course you catch now, Vegas Raider games, what do you think about the Vegas A's coming soon as we got that breaking news? You've played in Oakland quite a bit. I mean, I feel bad for the fans losing a team, but what, what were what, your thoughts? About fans?
2: That?
0: No, there are I, fans, but the A's, I, mean, I said the other few. day, but the very A's are quiet few. quitting. They don't market the team. The stadium, they, gets, they take care of possums more than they take care of people. It's They haven't been trying at all as a front office.
1: They wanted to move. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like most well, – I guess some cities you don't. But, like, I just think you need to have – in my mind, there's so many good cities in the country that could host a baseball team, whether it's, like, Vegas, Charlotte, Nashville. Like, and I'm sure there's others that I'm missing. But, like, there's so many good cities that I don't – like, they would have to build a new stadium in Oakland anyways, right, in order to, like – really keep up and compete cuz Oakland stadium is just it's not that great. So I think I think I was actually talking to my wife the other day and I was like I'm surprised that like a baseball team's not in Vegas. Um and kind of saw this coming truthfully, especially with the other Oakland teams leaving, like Golden State moved and right the Raiders left, so um it doesn't really surprise me.
2: All right, Barnsey. With with you heading to Cleveland, you said, "Yep." How many shoes you How many shoes you packing? We know you're we know you a sneakerhead. How many you yep. packing? How many pack for a road trip? And and
1: which ones are you packing? So, on the first road trip, I packed like six, six and more, or a seventh pair, maybe. Um, on this trip. I've got, I'm going lighter on this trip. I'm going, I'm packing three and wearing a fourth. And I got two pairs of J's, the Jordan 1's, um, a pair of Yeezys to walk around in, and I'm wearing Louboutins today. Ooh. Wow. the you got go. Them, so. We're in, in Louboutin white sneakers with it how many pieces of luggage does that take that all fits in one suitcase wow sure. but i have a sneaker okay. carrier in case i want to bring additional sneakers got it got it there we go the yeah, trip i had the sneaker carrier and then i had the suitcase and then i had my two carry-ons i'm like it is a lot i gotta consolidate this i don't play carrying around four bags
0: <laughs> right you so, can show off the the good the good sneaks at home
1: you know yeah so i, so I cut um and and Cleveland's gonna be like 45 and raining, so you don't really want to like bring and wear the nice ones, really, because the weather destroys them. You know.
3: Yeah, and there's no way your wife's going to Cleveland. No chance. A wife is going from Miami to Cleveland.
1: No, she's
2: not. She's not just waiting. Is she's she is she, is she in my is she in Miami? Because I missed her at the marathon. Lakin Lakin ran into her. No, she was cheering loud. I missed her. I didn't know no, she was she's there.
1: The, She's in Connecticut right now. She's coming down here. When we get back, she's coming to Miami.
0: Hey, Matt, I've got one more for you. It's a game that I think is going to be way easier than Kratzy's, okay? So, so, yes, I promise. The Atlantic League is used as the testing ground for new rules. They yep. just announced for the Atlantic League. I'll give you three of them that they're trying out. Let me know. I I was going to say let me know your favorite, but maybe you could do, like, I like, I hate, and then you could kind of be indifferent on one of them if you want. The hook rule where you have to get your starter through five, otherwise, you lose the DH. You don't like that one?
1: (laughs) That was easy. That was easy. Cut cut that one. Cut that one. That one thing ever. I don't know what the other two are, but that's dumb.
0: (laughs) Okay, ready for number two? Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. It gets better. Instead of two disengagements, you only get one disengagement for pickoffs.
1: Sick. Cut.
0: (laughs) Grand finale, you might be okay with this one. I don't know.
1: And second base as is, if the guy walks or gets a single, might as well just tell him to go to second.
0: (laughs) Yes. Lastly, to make it even easier for you with base runners, a designated runner. So you can get on first and a guy can come in and then that player that gets taken out still can stay in the game. Listen to this gimmick. I have to explain it this way because there was all this clarification going back and forth. Then that player, can still go back in the game as well. You can't go in more than twice. Designated runner, like that gimmick.
1: So they so they're trying it this year. Yep. We can veto for one year if they want to do it next year, right? Yeah. So then they yep. can maybe implement it in potentially my last year. Don't matter. Keep going. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do whatever you want.
1: Not, we keep doing this; like, it's just like, what are we doing? And, I, and I'm the first one to admit, like, I thought the pitch clock was a terrible idea at first, and I like it a lot now. Like, so I'm okay admitting that, right? Like, I was wrong in my opinion of the pitch clock. I love the pace of the games, Brock. You know, we, we were not afraid to play a three and a half hour Tuesday eight inning game. Yeah, like it was, it was unbelievable. So, like, the fact that we're cruising around at two-and-a-half-hour games, I think it's, the pace is so much better. I think people are enjoying it. The engagement, there's more action. Like, I like it. Do so I think there's some things that could still make it better? Of course. But, like, if the starter doesn't go five innings, you lose your DH? Like, then what? Like, you just, are we going to have relievers hitting in this in the 12th inning? Matt Barnes. <laughs> it's so Barnes. dumb. It's <laughs> like, so you know, dumb. Matt Barnes,
2: way? get a bat.
1: <laughs> like – one disengagement? I don't even have a disengagement with nobody on. Like, how do we start there? How about you give me one disengagement with nobody on, and then we can entertain some other stuff, right? And what was the last one? Uh, designated runner. Oh,
0: yeah. No. I, what? Why? Why? Usain Bolt. Yeah, Usain Bolt wants to play, and so does the freeze. My thing is, I thought the point you brought up that was interesting is, you turned on the pitch clock. I think players were so anti-pitch clock for a while. And that was one where I disagreed. I thought the pitch clock was going to be good. You can you can debate how many seconds it was going to be, but I did think it was getting out of control as a lifelong fan. And now, yep. you know, following the game for 20-something years, I'm in my mid-30s. So I wonder if the league's like, eh, don't listen to them anymore, because we implemented the pitch clock and it's good. So let's just try all of these other things. Like Almost like they're dinging the players. We had Whit Merrifield on yesterday. He's on the rules committee. He said, I have not been told about any of those rules they're testing. I'm like, well, then no one knows.
1: 50 bags a year. He doesn't need help.
0: (laughs) He doesn't want help. (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: Yes. I mean, he didn't even know about it. Isn't it like 85% now? And there's like infinitely more stolen bases.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's working. I think we got more running. And I like more stolen bases, but I, I don't think we need to push it anymore. I think yeah, this I'm is where well,
1: I'm like the one guy gets on base and like I'm like he okay, he's probably not gonna run and then all of a sudden Byron Buxton pinch runs for him and now I'm like, great. Yeah. Yeah. Well
2: if you're MLB, it's like quit while you're ahead, you know? You you, you did good. You did good on the pitch clock. People like it. I was <laughs> right? at Red Sox. I was re- at a Red Sox game this weekend, it, it was less than two hours. That that doesn't happen. Uh, but yeah, quit while you're ahead. Don't don't keep trying to change things. And, and y- y- you've done good. Let's let's stick with it for a while.
1: I'm surprised they even tried to make the mound 62 feet. They they did try
0: that. They tried to mess with that in the Atlantic League. That got vetoed. So at least I'd, there's I'd one still thing be in the game. Dinked. I'd yeah. still be
2: in the game if the pitchers had to throw from further. <laughs> hitting hitting would be easier. Come on, I, I'm for that one.
0: Hey what Matt, uh, we appreciate it, man. And, and we can get into it more we, we now next time we have you on we get to see what it looks like in the atlantic league we get to watch the circus and then we can uh, report that's, back on it that's true <laughs> appreciate yeah. you man safe travels all right stay warm in cleveland we'll talk to you in a few weeks
2: barnsey you're the man
0: ken rosenthal senior insider from the athletic from foul territory here in weekly on fair territory too bad there's nothing to discuss with ken today <laughs> what a damn day We had Boris on earlier. Ken, great to talk to you. Of course, I want to start there. The big news, Max Scherzer just addressed how he feels like the sticky stuff is a mess and not being handled well. And what do you know? Two days later, he's the guy that gets made an example of, essentially. What have you observed? What have you heard?
4: Well, what I wrote today basically was that as great as Max is, He is going to need to adjust to all this and adapt to all this. And when I say all this, I mean the sticky stuff rules and I mean the pitch clock, which he's been raising concerns about and not unfairly. What happened yesterday, obviously we heard all the different versions, right? The umpires had one version, Max had another. But the one thing I'm not sure that Max totally grasps is that rosin isn't necessarily legal. And there was a memo sent out to all the clubs in spring training that said if rosin is misapplied or used excessively, then it can be considered a foreign substance. That is what the umpires determined yesterday. Now, the other part of it that is curious from his perspective is that the only rosin you're allowed to use is the rosin in the bag behind the mound. That's pre-approved by the umpires and a league official, and that's okay. Max said he was applying rosin with alcohol underneath after he had to clean himself off. And that too could be con- considered a violation because that rosin in that sense underneath the stands in the tunnel is not approved. So I have sympathy for all players going through this kind of transition and especially the older players like Max who have not experienced the pitch clock. And these are new rules with the sticky stuff, or at least rules being a- applied more aggressively it's not easy and there are certainly questions from yesterday phil cuzzy how come he is the only guy who's ever ejected or been part of a crew that ever ejected a pitcher for sticky stuff but the crew chief dan Bellino was pretty adamant saying that max came out the third time stickier than the first time so it seems to me this is an unfortunate incident Can things be done better? Yes. Things can always be done better. And I know Max said on the show the other day that he believes these checks should not be taking place publicly. They should be taking place off the field. I've got no problem with that. But at the same time, I just don't know what his case here is because Rosin in and of itself is not legal necessarily. It can be under certain circumstances illegal. And I want to say this as well. Some people interpreted what I wrote today as tough on Max and unfair to him. He's such a great pitcher. He is such a great pitcher. I want to see that great pitcher again and I want to see him free of all this garbage that's going on and just doing his thing.
3: How how is a substance that's given to the league, I mean given by the league not legal? Like you're saying you know you were saying you
4: when know, it's combined with other substances, when it's used excessively, There are things that pitchers do, and you guys know this because you were part of that era recently of pitchers combining rosin with spider attack, pitchers combining rosin with alcohol. Pitchers do things, and these rules are in place for a reason, and I don't know about you guys, but I was sick of seeing the movement that we were seeing from pitchers because they were cheating. Now, I'm not saying Max was cheating, and he certainly, I don't think, was doing anything intentionally, but these rules are in place because of what went on. And the pitch clock is in place because of what went on. The guy's dawdling all the time. So again, I have sympathy for the players because these things are difficult to adjust to. And you're used to doing it one way in any job. You're told to do it another way. It's not great. But these rules, in my opinion, the sticky stuff rules, they're in place for a very good reason.
3: I mean, this might be four twenty twenty-three. This at two ten. This might be the first time I disagree with Ken Rosenthal. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> because because the rosin the rosin is given to him. And Matt Barnes was just on talking about it. And he says, Okay, well it's you know, it's too much. You know, does he have to squeeze the rosin twice or is it three times? Oh, now you might get a little too sticky. And like for me, if I'm a pitcher, I sweat like Jesus Montero at a drug test. Like I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna sweat and mix it, and it's gonna become super sticky. Am I out of the game now, or do I have to worry? Holy crap! Like, ne- like, am I gonna get? You know, there's guys that are like thinking, "Oh, I might get dinged because I really, I really hit that rosin bag."
4: Eric, obviously, if that was happening and it was getting ridiculous in a circus-like atmosphere in the sport, there'd be a problem. It's only happened twice this year with Herman, who was deemed not to be too sticky. He was just tacky. <laughs> but with Max, they felt, and Dambolino said this, and I am not going to sit here and presume anybody is a liar. Not Dambolino, not Max Scherzer, not Phil Cuzzy. Dambolino said that this was the stickiest he's ever seen it. So in their judgment, this went above and beyond. Now, Max is going to appeal his suspension when he gets it, I'm sure, and they'll have the case heard by a neutral arbiter, and we'll see what happens. But At the same time, it's not as if there is no case here, in my view, from the umpire's perspective. Not when that memo was released in spring training. And teams were warned, guys, we're going to be stricter. We're going to do this more randomly. We're going to do it before and after you pitch, not just after. All of these things were out there, and yet we had a situation yesterday where the umpires determined a pitcher, obviously a very famous and great pitcher, was doing something that was not proper. We'll just have to see how it plays out from here.
0: How does it play out? When we asked Boris about this a little bit, of course he said Max is appealing and strongly disagrees with the ruling and also how someone can measure stickiness with their hands and putting that on the umpires. But for the actual process, this is real. It's going to cost him money. The Mets rotation is missing a lot right now. Suddenly Kode Senga is looking around like, wait, where's Verlander, Scherzer, Quintana, Carrasco's hurt too. So for Max... Do you think this is a guaranteed automatic 10 game suspension under any circumstance? Because Boris enlightened us that it's a league official who's doing the hearing. So he's like, they're not going to go against the league.
4: I don't believe it's automatic that it will be upheld. If Max presents a case that they find to be legitimate and valid, then it can get knocked down. We see suspensions get knocked down all the time. So that is possible. But. I just, I can't predict the future here. I can't predict where it's going, but at the same time, this is the process. This is the process that they follow, the process everyone knows about, and yes, it's really unfortunate for the Mets, and part of what I wrote today was Max has to get, Max has to be Max for the Mets to be good, and right now, for a variety of reasons, including physically, he has not been that guy just yet, so... Again, Scott, I can't predict what's going to happen. My guess is it's upheld, but I don't know.
2: Yeah, when we were talking to Scott, Ken, what's up, man? Um, when we were talking to right. Scott, uh, he he did, he made it seem like he doesn't think you know it's going to get cut. Any, I think it's it's ten games, and you know he didn't he didn't sound too confident. I mean, but um, I'm I'm going to shift gears and talk about we we've talked with our other guests about the A's moving um, to Las Vegas possibly hopefully um but also with with the a's trying to move i'm here in nashville now i'm hearing rumblings about some expansion going on i need to know when a team's coming to nashville because i'm i'm going to try and manage that team whenever they get here so um and i've heard i've talked to people here and and they're pretty confident that that it's going to happen at some point so what are your thoughts on on on
4: that on that brock expansion is going to happen and what The commissioner has been waiting for and waiting and waiting for is the Tampa Bay and Oakland situations to be resolved. The Oakland situation certainly is headed to resolution. They're going to Vegas, Oakland. The mayor there last night said she's cutting off negotiations with the A's. They've had it. It's going to happen with Vegas. They've got land, the whole deal. At that point, that takes Vegas out of the expansion derby, right? And it leaves Nashville and Portland and Salt Lake City and Charlotte and all of these other cities we've talked about in the mix. Nashville, from what I can tell, and I'm not someone who has studied this all that closely is a leading contender here. It's a growing city. It's a much different city than it was 10, 20 years ago even. And yes, you've got the Reds and the Braves and the Cardinals relatively close, but it seems to me that that area could handle a team without compromising those other teams too greatly. I would expect that Nashville would be a very strong contender here. How Tampa Bay resolves, I'm not quite sure, but I do want to talk about Oakland and yes, Vegas sounds very exciting. I'm sure to fans who are not fans of the Oakland A's. It's going to be cool to see a team there. I get that. But for fans of the Oakland A's who have supported this team, it's a crushing day and you might say, well, what are you talking about? Can they draw 5,000? Yeah, they draw 5,000. And you know why? Because the owner, John Fisher, has wrecked the club. And he has shown really disdain for competing in this sport while, in my view, setting up this whole Vegas plan and essentially wanting to fail in Oakland so Vegas would look that much more rational. It's rational. They're gonna do well financially with this deal, but at some point you've gotta run a baseball team again. And I was there two nights ago. I walked into that clubhouse and Eric and Brock, I wanna tell you something. I have never walked into a clubhouse, certainly not on April 18th or whatever it was, and seen a group of players, veteran players, so upset and disturbed by their situation because they know there's no hope. And that's not right. And that is what John Fisher has wreaked with the A's. And I know people will celebrate this. I understand. And there are all kinds of views on all sides. But for the people of Oakland, it's not good. And it wasn't right what happened.
3: Enlighten the fans, and you're, you're basically saying, you know, the A's were quiet quitting, as yes. as Scotty was saying. Enlighten them in some of the most blatant ways that they were quiet quitting besides the roster construction or, or within the roster construction.
4: Lowest payroll in the league, start there. But they also had Chapman, they had Olsen, and they had a group of players. Manaya was in that mix. There were others as well who were part of what they had. This was a couple of years ago. In 2020, they made the playoffs. They could have kept that team together and dealt with the rising salaries and maybe just let Chapman and Olsen walk at the end if they couldn't, or in their minds, afford them, but at least stay competitive. They also could have paid those guys and signed them to extensions like other teams do in these kinds of circumstances. So That's what I'm talking about. They tore apart the team in a way that was unlike anything they've done before. They have gone through cycles. We understand low-revenue teams often go through cycles. But Billy Bean and David Forrest, in running this club, always managed, or at least tried, in most cases, to keep that team competitive. They were not into tanking here. Not the front office. That's not something that they were comfortable with. And they never went that in that direction. And at one point, they made the playoffs six times in nine years. So you had a great front office. You had success. You had something going. And you tore it all apart. That's what I'm talking about.
3: Yeah. No, you hit it right on the head. And I'm sure there's other little things, too. But ironically, today's 420. It's a very, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just ironic that somebody's making their return tonight. And from a suspension... What are you hearing from what that's going to do to not only the Padres, but also how the Padres are accepting him back into the clubhouse? How are fans out there loving it? Because we don't hear the stuff from San Diego, and you're out on the West Coast right now.
4: Publicly, the players have said they will embrace Tatis, that he's one of their guys, he's their teammate, and what's done is done. He's served his penalty, and he's a great player. They want him on the team. If you polled all 26 players about him right now and promised them anonymity, would every guy say, I'm loving this? I doubt it. That's the nature of a clubhouse. Guys have different opinions. But the players realize how valuable he is to the team. And what's done is done. They just have to go forward now. He's signed forever. So it's not as if he's going away. What he'll do for the team will be quite interesting. I expect him to ignite them. I expect them also to be ignited when Musgrove returns this week or later this week. They kind of need a little spark. Good win yesterday with Soto hitting the home run, but it seems to me they could use a little something. Now, Tatis is not a savior or anything like that, but he is a dynamic player. We all know that. Certainly at AAA, he was going off, and I would expect that while there might be some adjusting, of course, he hasn't played in a long time at this level. It's been like a year and a half he'll eventually be the player that he was. I assume that's going to be the case. Fans, I think fans are the most forgiving, and Padres fans are loving what the team has become, understandably so, and I don't know that too many of them will be upset to see him return. I think they're pretty excited about it, actually.
0: Do you think we're in a good place right now with the game, with PED testing? Because this stuff comes up when a player comes back. Our guys were pretty vocal earlier this week about maybe not having a player get to do his minor league rehab games. You know, there's always the debate from players about what the penalty should be. We got fan questions earlier this week, too, saying that should be included in contracts, you know, if a player gets suspended. But in my mind, that gets a little bit dicey as well and could almost become a court case. So where do you think we're at with PEDs in the game? It's been such a topic for decades now.
4: It's never going to be perfect, Scott. And they're never going to be eliminated completely. And it used to drive me crazy when former commissioner Bud Selig would say, we're going to get these things out of here and that's going to be that. No, it's not like that. You can come up with all the tests in the world and players who want to cheat will find other ways. They'll find ways to get around it. I'm sure that's happening. And I'm sure there are players who will fail drug tests going forward as they often do, or as they sometimes do, I should say. And I once had a professor at Penn State who's an expert on performance enhancing drugs tell me you've got to be an idiot to fail a drug test to test positive because of all the knowledge that's out there. I would agree with that. Players who fail, unless it's a real accident, uh, it's not too smart. But for the most part, I would think the game is in a better place. Do I expect some players to still use? Yes, I do. But it's not the issue it was, I don't know, 20 years ago. That's for sure. It doesn't seem to be. And I say this cautiously, but I I will repeat it. The sport is in a better place. And I say it cautiously because I don't really know what's going on. You never know what's going on with players and what they're doing. And sometimes Eric and Brock can speak to this. Even guys in your own clubhouse, you may find out later they were doing something and you had no idea. That's how difficult it is.
0: Uh, That's fair. And one more for you before you jump. So way to bury some news on a day full of it. The Diamondbacks designate Madison Bumgarner for assignment. It's a big part of a generation of baseball in terms of World Series championships, clutchness, just a a bulldog on the mound, guy who will bark at hitters, entertaining to watch for years. So what do you think about this move? And people are asking, where's he going? And is he going to continue to pitch? I mean, he's owed 37 million bucks still on this contract that they're going to have to pay out.
4: Well, he's got a pitch to get the money, so I expect he's going to not retire and he's going to try to continue his career. Texas would be the obvious choice, right? Bochy is there. But the problem is that Madison Bumgarner is not the guy we all remember and loved from the mid-2010s, right? He's just not the same pitcher. The performance for the Diamondbacks has not been there. This is not an easy decision for them to make no one wants to eat 37 million dollars no team especially one that is not all that successful financially to begin with so it's a tough day it's a sad day in many ways but the game is so cruel in this sense that it's unforgiving and guys reach a point in their careers Eric I'm sure would agree and Brock would agree that it's not there anymore and it's not the same physically and you can't do what you once did and It's frustrating. And when you've got a guy like Bumgarner who did it at such a high level, it's tough for him to accept. It's tough for fans to accept. It's just tough, period. Unfortunately, that's the reality. It's the reality of life. It's the reality of baseball. that It just doesn't go on forever. And we'll see. Maybe Bumgarner in a new setting can figure some things out. But it's been a while now where he really hasn't been what we once remember.
0: Yep. Ken, great day to have you on. Enjoy the West Coast. We'll talk to you next week.
4: Sounds great. Thanks, Scott. Thanks,
0: Ken. And you can can catch Ken every single week on his own show as well. It's called Fair Territory. I bet he'll have some things to break on Monday and break down uh, on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. And also, as you can see, there's the website link on your screen at the moment. Fair Territory. I love the logo, too. With Ken Rosenthal. Let's get to our next guest, Milwaukee Brewers pitcher Corbin Burns back at it with us. Corbin, great to see you. And actually on this topic, I want to drive right into it with you for a second. Madison Bumgarner designated for assignment. I mean, he's had a great run in this league and probably will continue it. Like Kratzy said, we were talking about him getting after it with Contreras (laughs) yesterday. And Garrett Wilson in the chat was asking who in the league is the biggest trash talker among pitchers so what did you think about mad bum getting into it and we were saying like that's just him and do you observe that from other players
5: yeah i mean he's done it ever since he's got to the big leagues um you see it every year he's he's John, at guys doing it um and like i said i think it's part of the intimidation factor and and guys know that hey if you do something he doesn't like it he's gonna let you know um i remember gosh it was 20 uh i think it was 2018 um we faced him at home and um he was John at I think Scope or Brawny or something, and Scope came up and hit a grand slam. And I think we hit a walk off grand slam like the sixth inning that day. Um, we were all on mobbing the field, screaming at him. Um, just kind of one of those things that he brings energy, but um, you know it, it, it'll, it'll energize the other team too if uh, if you let it.
3: Yeah, I played with him the next year. I remember that because he was he told Braun to get back in the box, and Braun was like, "That's right." He was like, he was like. <laughs> What don't don't talk to me. And I talked to I talked to Bumgarter the next year, and Bum, he goes, he goes, you know what? I really didn't want to throw at Brawny, but he said he kind of challenged me in the box, so I had to throw at him. <laughs> and he goes, Damn, Scope hit the ball really far the next time. Up, he goes, I guess that's what I get. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But Bernsey, have you ever had a situation like that? Have you ever gotten into somebody's face? And I'm not just saying Contreras because he was, you know, he was on the Cubs, now he's on the Cardinals. But is there a guy on another team that you're like, yeah, I definitely I definitely yelled at him. Or have you yelled at a teammate yet? Are you that status yet? Are you a yelling no, at the teammate no, guy no, yet?
5: No, 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 not there. Maybe maybe when I get to your age, maybe I can do that. Maybe Okay, I fair. I need, 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 need some more time before I can do that. Uh, no, I, I, I'm not one of those guys that likes to, to get in, you know, getting other guys' grill and, and jaw at them. Um, obviously, there's some things that'll make you upset or piss you off a little bit out there, but um, you know, I think I've got good enough stuff that I can just go ahead and, and get you out when I need to, and, and not have to give the other team that a little extra energy or um, you know, a little bit of excitement to, to get them going.
0: Yeah, Corbin, how you feeling? How's the peck? Do you feel like it's recovering well, and you'll make your next start? Yeah,
5: yeah, everything's good. Played catch yesterday, and everything felt good. Um, we got a, got an off day today, so so just hanging out, and then uh, bullpen tomorrow will be kind of the final test to make sure we we don't feel anything. But um, yeah, playing catch yesterday at the little fly ground, everything felt good.
2: Burnsy, what's up, man? Uh, did you get a haircut? <laughs>
5: No, no, it's just it's just pulled up. You just up got right you now. just
2: got it pulled up. You got it pulled <laughs> up nice and tight. You can't even see it. See it. See it back there. Um Yeah, I wanted to ask you, we you know, obviously we've been talking a lot about Max Scherzer today and the sticky sticky stuff. Um me personally, I, I wanna know what sticky stuff you use um to make your cutter do that. You 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 talked about you talked about you know I, yeah I don't really say say much to guys just because I know I can get them out well that's true you just throw that backdoor cutter and nobody can hit it so um, let's 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 talk it let's dive into that a little bit.
5: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not a sticky stuff guy. You, you watch, I, I I lick the finger. Um, I, that gives me enough. I um, you know, enough. You know, some guys use the the sweat and rosin. For me, I I can't get a consistent enough feel on it because every rosin bag is different. And when it's cold, you're not getting enough sweat. Or when it's really hot, you're sweating too much. So, um, for me, what I found the most consistent thing to do is is, is to lick my finger, and and I get enough, and um, that's how I can get the most consistent and get the best feel on the baseball. And um, yeah, I think what happened with, with Max yesterday was unfortunate, but obviously I don't know any of the details. I uh, just haven't seen a little bit on TV and a little bit of conversations, but uh, I'm sure we'll we'll hear some more about that in, in the next couple days.
3: Have you ever have you ever been close since you don't use anything when they test you, or you know, have umpires kind of just been like, "Oh, it's burns, okay, whatever." Like, have you ever been close? Because today this was the, this whole situation, this whole week with Herman which made us, when Max was on Monday, we talked about it with him. I had never seen the fact that, oh, hey, go in, clean it off, and then we'll come and inspect it again. Like, I have never knew that. Have you ever been close?
5: No, I, I've never gotten that. Um, we've, I think we've seen um, – I can't think of – we we're, were playing someone last year um, where they, they were asked to go in and, and wash their hands and, and clean off their hand or whatever it was because um, they felt like it was getting too much of a buildup with Rosin or something. Um, but that—that's the only time I'd really seen that, and then like you say, we we see it on social media all the time. When, like the you know the, the Hermon thing the other day, where he went was asked to go wash it off, and then obviously the Scherzer thing yesterday. But yeah, I, I I I haven't seen that. I haven't been asked to do it, um, so I, I don't know if um, if those guys are getting just sticky and they're being asked to remove it because they know it's sunscreen and rosin, and um, it's just getting too too tacky. Uh, but I'm not sure. That's something that um, I'll, I'll definitely talk to some other guys on the team to see if they've had that issue before. But, um, yeah, never never been asked to, to go wash off my hands or anything.
0: I think some pitchers are concerned about it. We had Matt Barnes on earlier where he's like, yeah, I use rosin. It's like, am I going to get in trouble now? He's like, I don't know what the level is. He, he's saying, how much sweat can come off of my head? Everyone sweats differently. I'm in Miami. It's humid. So my big picture question is, and I know it's not affecting you because you're not using rosin and sweat, but how are they actually able to tell a stickiness level? You're relying on an umpire who probably didn't learn that in ump school. Like, are they putting different levels of stickiness on people's hands, on dummies' hands and going, see, that's too much? It sounds like they're trying to mess with science, but not actually using any testing equipment.
5: Yeah, I mean, if you if, if you talk to every umpire, every umpiring crew, they all say, "Oh, you know, we've 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 dealt with it. We've tested what you know, you know, sweat and rosin and what everything feels like, and what you know, different tackiness and what you know, illegal substances feel like, that kind of stuff." But, I mean, un- un- unless you're in the in game action and you're sweating, like Max is a guy, you can see he's, he sweats his ass off. So it's you know, it's like, it, is anyone that's testing it going to have that level of sweat and you know the rosin to, to test it, the the tackiness? So. I don't know what their you know their levels are of what there's what's sticky what's too sticky what warrants uh hey go clean your hands off and, and start over kind of thing. I, I don't know what that is. Um it's obviously it's it's very subjective to each umpiring crew and each, each umpire. Obviously Phil Krause and his crew that's the third of you know the third one they have done and all three have happened to come from from his crew. So I don't know if if they have different levels that they're testing and have different um you know expertise with it. I I, I really don't know, but um, I think there's, there's something definitely going on that needs to be, you know, figured out of of you know what that levelness is, how you can actually test to see if something's too sticky, um, and just also knowing the where you know, like you say, the environment you're in. If you're in Miami versus, you know, if you're in you know Colorado Springs where there's not going to be much humidity, it's obviously going to be a lot different.
3: I want to I want to switch the sticky stuff to talk about glue. Who's the glue of the Brewers? And I'm not talking about who's who's putting the glue out for for the Brewers when they go out to a team <laughs> dinner to play on words here. Who's the glue for the Brewers right now? Who is, like, what are you guys, because you know when you're winning, sometimes you're like, I'm not exactly sure how we're going to win, but this. Who Who is that for you guys right now?
5: Yeah, I would say, um, you know, on the position, position player side of it, Willie Adamas is great. Um, I, I think there's, we don't have any other, any you know better guy as far as bringing energy to the field every day um can connect with everyone on on any level um you know he comes into the clubhouse like it's opening day every every day he's excited to go he's excited to play the guy doesn't you know take a day off he's in there every day um so it's it's someone that i think everyone can can look to as far as like hey this guy's ready to go we're ready to go um and then a huge difference this year for, for our pitching staff has been wade miley um Wade's been around the game for 14, 15 years. He brings, you know, some, some level of expertise that none of us can bring. And, um, you know, he's, he's energized. He's, he's on a young team with a bunch of young guys that, you know, have him feeling better than he ever has. And he's, he's excited to be around us. And, he, you know, he keeps this pick, our pitching staff really light and fun. Um, so I think those two guys right now are probably the, the, the leading two guys as far as um, keeping that clubhouse energized, um, getting everyone going every day. Wade's brought a bunch of fun stuff to the, the clubhouse, um, you know, for post game and, and in game, just all kinds of stuff to, to keep everyone energized. All
3: right. You need to answer this question quickly because I asked guys and it really stumps them. So I set you <laughs> up. Okay. On your team right now, you have to cut one guy. He can't be playing baseball anymore. You got to trade one guy and then you have to room with one guy. Go.
5: You got a, you got a timer. I'm gonna put you on the pitch clock. Go. I'm I'm cutting Rowdy because he takes up way too much of the couch. Like he's constantly <laughs> on the couch. You can't get him up off the couch. Um, trade. I, I mean, the, really, the answer is going to be Rowdy to everything. We'll trade Rowdy. <laughs> I mean. I mean, really, he's, just a, he's just. He's just. Uh, he's. I mean, we, we we love Rowdy, but yeah, he he does like to like to spend his time on the couch.
3: Who are you in a room with though? The last one is room with. Who are you going to room, room with?
5: with? Um. That's a good one. I'll room with uh Oof. I'd say ratty, but that's that's too much of a mess. Um <laughs> I'll I'll go with Wade. What 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 Wade's w- Wade's a good time. He's fun. Wade, uh,
2: I got I I got a question about Wade. Is he still getting yep. um jalapeno poppers and taking the jalapeno out of the the actual popper <laughs> and just eating the fried cheese? Because he I used to do that yet. in Boston. he used to do that in Boston. <laughs> Love Wade.
5: I, I, I haven't seen that yet, but I'm going to ask him about that one for he sure. Said
2: he, he said he doesn't need anything that's green. So he, he's got to do something if he's still pitching, man. But like, we used to well, give him so that, a hard time for that.
5: That's the thing with Wade now. Wade's like, you know, I've worked out this year more than I have in my entire career. So now he's like, like man, my legs kind of hurt. Like you guys maybe work out, and I got muscles now. And so now, 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 shit hurts, and never stuff's never hurt before. So I mean, he's, he he blames the, a lot of his success and uh, his soreness is on the, the training staff and the strength staff for actually making him work out. And hey, I man, I'd I'd say it's paid off so far.
0: <laughs> hey, what do you think about the Cheesehead celebration and Freddie Peralta's response while loving it was? What do pitchers get? And we talked him into it, too. And the idea was, if someone has an absolute day, not in between, of course, and we made sure he knew that. He was like, no, I want to stay in the zone. We're like, duh. Six, seven innings, whatever you did, eight innings, you shut him down. Can the pitcher get the cheese head? Because, hey, if you hit a homer in a 13-1 game, you get rewarded. So can pitchers get involved? I don't think I've seen it go down yet. Freddie said he was going to implement it at the right time. Your thoughts?
5: We haven't seen it yet, but like, if if Freddie's gonna go out and shove and, and do his thing and he wants the cheese head, we we, we can put the cheese head on it for sure. But um, <laughs> I, I I think the cheese head's great. Um, it's it's something that I think the fans can get behind because obviously Wisconsin cheese, you know, whatever and it's something that you they've seen forever and um around the you know, the Packers and, and so now just to, to to bring it I think to, to baseball and have it'll be a little fun deal. I'm sure the the team is gonna be selling cheese heads, you know. And, and by the hundreds now, if, if we you know if we keep keep rolling and um, keep keep hitting homers, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more cheese heads around the stadium for sure. <laughs> um, I have a fan question for you from
0: Garrett. He said, "For any young pitchers in high school or college, from a metrics point of view, what do you feel are the most important metrics?"
5: Um, see, that's, that's a good question. I think for for I think any young guy, you know, coming up or just getting into pitching, getting, um, you know, getting into that side of the, you know, the analytics and the metrics part of it is just, first of all, you know, understanding them, um, knowing that, hey, some of these guys have really good fastballs, have 19 to 20, you know, 20 inches of rise on them. Those are the good, you know, classified as good forcing fastballs and knowing like, hey, is that something you're actually going to be able to do? Um, that's something that I, I chased for a long time, and in, in, uh, in 18 and 19 was, you know, being a good four seam guy and trying to be a good four seam guy with a good slider off it. And I was chasing numbers, and and n- found out later on that I was never going to be able to get to that. And that's where this cutter kind of came into play. So I think for the most part is understanding what those numbers really mean, and then understanding, hey, is that something that's really feasible for you to do? Um, for me, trying to chase that high four seam vert was not something I could do. Instead, I could turn into Um, you know, a cutter and and mixing some other pitches around it. So I think for the most part, it's it's understanding what those numbers mean. Um, Can you really feasibly do that? And if not, then finding, you know, what kind of kind of what fits your game the best.
3: What's the uh, you said today's the off day. What do you got? What do you got going on today? Like, what's the big fella doing? Is Carter
5: involved? What's what's going on? Yeah, so uh, Brooks up watching Carter right now. He's, he was just screaming his head off a little bit ago. We just put together a little uh, a, a jungle gym for him, which he played on for all of about thirty seconds, and then was was over <laughs> it. So that, that was fun. Um, so yeah, we got we got we're gonna head the whole Whole Foods here in a little bit. We just had a had a ten day road trip, so we do not have too many groceries at home right now. So so need need a grocery run, and then yeah, we'll get some dinner tonight. So it's uh, it's it's full dad mode today. Love it, Corbin. I I got to
0: do one hard hitting one for you. Yep. So today, Fernando Tatis Jr. returns. Wanted to get your thoughts and how other f- players feel about PEDs and testing and everything in the game. Everyone experiences it, of course, because everyone gets tested. So, what do you think about you know his situation and where we are as a sport on that front?
5: Yeah, I think it's I, I think it's unfortunate. Obviously, um, you know, a, a great young player like him to to obviously get popped and, and, and go through that. Um, you know, coming on the heels of him signing us this huge extension and um the excitement around the you know, around the game, around the padres, around him at the time. Um, you know, I think it was unfortunate for obviously that fan base to, to miss out on, on eighty games of him playing and then, um also the the game of baseball missing out on that. So um, I think it's tough. It's obviously it's the consequence for for, you know, taking taking a, a performance enhancing drug like that. Um, it's it's not something that's new. It's it's been around the game for for a long, long time. And um, whether guys have just you know shot away from it or gotten you know better at hiding it, whatever it may be, um, it's obviously not as as prevalent, but it's still there. Um, so it's I think it's just unfortunate. Um, obviously he's back today, um, so I think it's going to be obviously an exciting day in 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 San Diego and and for baseball to get a you know an exciting young player back. But um, yeah, I think the the game of baseball really really took a hit um with with him missing missing the time like he did
3: who should be the face of baseball who should be who should be the guy that you want to you you would tune in to watch on foul territory
5: <sighs> I, I think right right now it it would be tough to argue against uh, shohei and what what he's done for the last couple of years and what he can do on both both sides of the both sides of the ball
3: I, I know a little bit of Japanese. I know how to say I farted in Japanese. And I know how to say, did you fart?
5: So. Yeah, I'm not sure how long that conversation would go then.
3: It's okay. I mean, onara data. And then you say, onara So there you go.
5: Perfect.
0: Yeah. So we when we have Shohei on, we know what Kratz is asking him. Good luck. <laughs> hey, a good way to finish there. Uh, Corbin. Thanks for the time, dude. Great to have you as always. Enjoy the off day. Awesome. Thank you guys. Appreciate you having me on. Hey, BetMGM is running an MLB Bet $10, get $100 instantly promo when you use the bonus code SPICYMLB. And you can get this offer in four easy steps. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your newly created account download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android. Place a pregame Moneyline wager of at least $10 on any MLB team to win at standard odds price. Then you will receive $100 in bonus bets instantly. If you sign up in Massachusetts or Ohio, you will receive $200 in bonus bets. Just remember to use the bonus code SPICYMLB. Gambling problem? Call one 800 gambler